and welcome to the People Purpose Podcast, a show that explores the ins and outs, challenges, and opportunities of HR people managers and all people face at work every day. I'm my I'm a, I'm my co-host. No, I'm not my co-host. You are my co-host. I'm Julie Devlin, uh, one of your co-hosts, alongside <laughs> co-host at the beginning of the podcast, Jess. Uh, yeah, Chaz Fields. Hi. Um, you know, there could be several co-hosts, right? That's just the way that this operates. You never know how you're going to catch us, but we're recording on a Friday, Julie, which is always, uh, good, right? You know, well, a little more energy, a little more pep in our step. Maybe. I don't know. Sure. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not tired at all. <laughs> the and pep I have, Chaz, is off the charts. No, I, I, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, but hey, tell me something good. Julie. Okay, so I think I've shared this in previous episodes, and for those of you watching on YouTube, you're going to be able to see this, but I had a major foot restructure. All right, Jules, um, pretty intensive surgery. I had my follow-up today, and I no longer have to wear my walking boot oh, wow. anymore. I am now just in an ankle brace and shoes, and just to, just to give a little peek inside the Fields household uh, over the last two and a half months, I have had to sleep in that massive walking boot mm-hmm. every night and wear it all day 24/7 nonstop wow. other than other than for you know like for the shower and whatnot but but overall I I finally get to get rid of this you know six pound ankle boot off yeah, and and do you feel lighter as you're walking you I do and the reason is imagine only you know your dominant leg which mine is the right but you 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 baby it you baby your left when you're wearing those and and that's where like today when I when I took it off and put it in my shoe I, I almost had to like force my body over to the left right yeah. to to walk evenly on both which was a that was another thing but uh, yeah, it's different. So super excited, you know, happy things are recovering. Well, right. doctors seem good, but I I'm, I'm ecstatic. So I'm, I'm just happy that you're doing better and that you are happy because when you are happy, we are happy. Oh, and, you know, and you know, everything went well and, and you're doing good. So thanks. Why don't you tell me something good? Uh, something good is my new background. And again, for those of you who aren't seeing this on YouTube, you got to check out that awesome basketball that I have. <laughs> We, uh, we had a we had a, an event UKG did uh, for our customers and our prospects, um, and uh, we had little basketballs made with the UKG logo, and it's one of the coolest. You know how much I love swag. We joked about that in the past, uh-huh. and I said to, I said to the uh, to the the folks who I was with, my colleagues, I was like, I can't take one of those home. I can't get that on a plane. Well, lo, lo and behold, I got it on the plane, and now and now it's my background. So my something good is that I've got cool new swag and uh i i love it i love it because it's uh, orange and white and it looks like a wnba ball i um, love that that's yeah. great and the wnba is like one of my favorite things so well one of my favorite things is walking around conferences that we're speaking at or hanging out at where we just walk and kind of check everything out and you just are in heaven because you're getting all of the free tchotchkes like <laughs> I've yeah. never seen someone who loves the tchotchkes as much yeah. as you do. Well, I, to, be, to be fair, to be fair, I now say no a lot um, because I it's certainly a big step. don't need any more tchotchkes. That's for sure. <laughs> I um, can just imagine you have a whole closet full. Now, now I have, if they have socks, that's a different story. I will take, oh, your, I will take wow. your socks. I will take your socks. I will take your charging ports all day long. Right, um, right. You just lose them so many times. Not why we're here. 
I now just yeah, no, it is. I now just take things that I think are going to be useful. So there oh, you go. Okay. Like, like like this hockey puck that we did. See, <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Um, <laughs> yes, because yeah. who doesn't need a hockey stick pencil lying around? Um, okay, so this is probably a great segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so May, as many of you may or may not know, is Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And Julie, if you remember a year ago, we did a mental health uh, episode and we wanted to do another one today, but just kind of do a look back um, and talk about a study we did uh, through the Workforce Institute about mental health. So business stat of the day, we're actually going to throw several stats at you today, but also talk about what we're here to talk about. Um, And that's hopefully to help you um, go away with some resources or ideas or things that you can do within the workplace. So go listen to the old episode about a year ago. And then of course you're listening to this one. So thank you. We appreciate it. Um, Okay. So the study we did through the workforce Institute, uh, we surveyed 3,400 people across 10 countries. And the stat that I want to start with Julie is managers from the study. It says managers have just as much of an impact on people's mental health as their spouse uh, at 69%. Mm -hmm. 69% of people are saying that their manager has just as much of an impact as their spouse. First thoughts? On mental health. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's not surprising because oftentimes we spend equally or more time with our manager than we do with folks that we live with, you know, spouse, Mm -hmm. whoever. Um, you know, I don't think that that the the title matters, but um, I think that managers absolutely have uh, a major impact, and and that study shows it. Um, and you know, I think that when we talk about managers and the role that they play in our lives, you know, managers have a lot of power over employees, and that we don't like as people, we don't like to not have control, and managers right. have control, <laughs> right. Um, so, or at least perceived control. Now th- that varies based upon the kind of manager that you have. Right. Um, you know, that's the other, that's the other conversation. Well, I, you know, here's the thing. I find it interesting because, uh, where, where I find it interesting, I should say, is that I, I, I think about the mental health aspect and, and kind of the control of our future, if you will, through the manager's perspective mm-hmm. on the flip side of that. That also means that we can have somewhat control of our destiny if we do our job well, right? And, and you know, we can kind of take it by the reins for ourselves. but it doesn't mean that the manager can't deter that no matter how well you're doing your job, right? Yeah, but it also, but it also we need to look at it from a, sec- a different angle. And that other yep. angle is that a manager can have a positive impact on our mental health too. Right didn't say that the manager had a negative impact. It just, it just said, said impact. impact. Yeah. Impact. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's not, let's not put a blanket statement that all managers, you know, are negative or whatever. That's not certainly not what we're saying. I think that good managers can have a, a, a absolute positive impact on, on mm-hmm. our mental health. And I've, I've had personal experience with that. Um, yeah. You know, I think about when I was a practitioner, um, HR practitioner and, and my, my manager who was the CEO at the time, um, you know, he, he was uh, very focused on, making sure that we all had everything that we needed. Mm -hmm. Um, He was very focused on making sure that we were taking time off and focused on making sure that our, our, our affairs were in order uh, mentally. um, So that way we can really, uh, you know, approach our job uh, in the most healthy and productive way. So, yeah. 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 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good perspective. The other piece of this too, and we can kind of go into what we we want to talk about today is here's the deal. I have a question. You know, looking back, you know, through COVID, and I don't want to make this about COVID, but we yeah. saw the major uptick in in therapy visits. I think it was like three point eight x through COVID for people's mental health because there was just less interaction. Um, and I believe, if I remember right, we were both in the camp that we felt that the stigma did not exist maybe from our own personal perspective, but, you know, now Mm -hmm. thinking about now where people are saying, well, it's going to go back to normal, or maybe they're saying or feeling that things are somewhat back to normal. Does the stigma exist or is the stigma kind of reverting back to uh, what it was prior to when we didn't think it existed? Does that make sense? I, uh, I don't, I, so does the stigma still exist? The answer 100% depends on the seat from which you are sitting. Um, sure. so, and, and the organization that you're in the culture of that organization, uh, whether or not upper management and the culture that's been built at that organization recognizes that mental health is, uh, is part of actual health, uh, overall mm-hmm. health and well-being. Right. So I think that the stigma, I think it does I think it does. I think, mm-hmm. I think we're looking at where we are as a society. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, but I, here's what I think, Chaz. I think some of it has to do with us being burnt out with the conversation about mental health. Yeah. So when we, t- we're talking about it so much, so much, so much, and we're just saying, yes, it exists, it exists, it exists, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of people and not a lot of, uh, not a lot of tips and tricks and, 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 you know, actionable things that, that, folks recommend beyond going to therapy and using, using, um, the EAP and that kind of thing. I mean, really, I think Chaz that mental health and the stigma surrounding mental health has a lot to do with the individual person from an internal perspective of whether or not they have confidence to recognize that their mental health is as important as their colleagues, mental health, and as important as their children's mental health. It's the whole adage of putting your mask on first. We use that a lot, but it's the truth. If we're going to, uh, you know, want to help other people, especially for those of us in HR, mm-hmm. we need to make sure that our affairs are in order, that we are, you know, we are cognitively and mentally there mm-hmm. in order to perform at our best. So is, it, is there still a stigma? Yes. Is there still a stigma? No. Is it better? Yes. Is it somewhere in the middle? I think so. Mm-hmm. You can also think about people taking vacation mm-hmm. and how people we as a society in America especially there's still a stigma around taking time off there is and mm-hmm. I, I I think that you know it's just a view it's a societal thing um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's an internal stigma because we all know that yes it's important to take time off and we enjoy taking time off you know a lot of us do but I think that there's definitely still people who will judge us for doing so. I've heard a couple of different themes. Number one, the the, the first thing that brings, you know, that, that comes up in my mind is this is something that n- not necessarily maybe a decade ago, five years ago, that was not the responsible, you know, the organization was not responsible for. Right. And I think over the last, you know, three to five years, it's become kind of a requirement for organizations to step in and have the conversation with their people. 
And, and that to me, you know, whether they wanted the responsibility, it's kind of like leadership or, you know, managers, managers or leaders, whether they like it or not, you know what I mean? Or, or their mentors, whether they like it or not. I think it's the same thing with mental health in the organization now that employees expect to be able to have the conversation freely. But on the flip side, as you just said, it's based on perspective to some degree. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll share a story. There was an individual that I knew that was in a very high position of leadership and kind of shared their journey with mental health and how they struggle and and deal with anxiety um, in front of a broad crowd. And I saw the outpouring of colleagues who shared, um, not our colleagues, but colleagues within that company shared with the individual who was, you know, senior level executive. Oh my gosh, like your story impacted me in a way that I thought we couldn't talk about it. I thought, you know, I experienced some of the same things and this is how it's impacted me. And it kind of created a band of, of allies, if you will, that then just in that senior leader talking about their experience essentially broke the stigma within that entire organization. Like it just took one person from a high level to, you know, completely diminish the fact that we're not talking about it. And now everybody's talking about it in the workplace. Does that make sense? It does. And I think it is important for leaders to show their vulnerability and when appropriate. However, I'll also say, I think it's important for us as colleagues, people Mm -hmm. that we work with, not necessarily in the C-suite. Right. We bring more of our authentic selves to work than ever before. When we walk in the door or log onto a computer, whatever, we are not leaving the societal pressures behind. Mm -hmm. They come with us, whether or not we're cognitively cognitively aware of it or not. So to, to, to dismiss that. Mm-hmm. To say, to say, to pretend that we are just workers, right? Mm-hmm. We are people, and it's 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 humanity. It's it's yeah. bringing humanity into the workplace, and I think that the workplace will become a better place and become more optimistic the more humanity that we do bring into it. Now, yeah. not everybody's comfortable doing that because of the way that work once was. The mm-hmm. way that work once was is still that way cognitively, mentally for some people, especially of, of, of other generations. Um, I don't want to call out other generations as a whole, because I think that, um, it it can really span generations. However, uh, you know, we think about the way that work was once perceived from you show up, you do your job, you go home and there's a clear separation. That's right. there's no longer a clear separation, especially with the rise of. I don't know that there ever was. It was just compartmentalized and, yeah. and never yeah. talked about, right? That's like, actually a good point. Yeah. It's like, yeah, was there ever really a separation? Uh, maybe, but not easier to, easier just to bury or something you were used to burying, right. not in a bad way, but just to put it in a box. What I'm here, there, there's a power in shared experience, right? Like there's a power in shared experience. And I think that. You know, for companies, we often talk about like, you know, EAPs and, and how good they are or can assist. And I think it's really important that people reach out to those. Um, but where I often see a miss in organizations are manager alignment, right? And and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be C-suite executive telling manager, okay, talk about mental health and this is how you approach it. Although that's a, I think that's a good thing. But, you know, how are we coaching 
our managers and leaders to to recognize symptoms or you know recognize some individuals who may you know they may not be able or capable of helping but can refer them to the resources right like there's a catalyst there um you know and is there an opportunity uh, one of the things that I love about here at UKG is we have a one-stop shop for mental health. It is it is one place that you go to get your mental health resources. Mm-hmm. And I think about other companies, well, you got to go talk to this person and then they refer you to this person and this is where you end up. And it's like, man, when you're struggling in your mental health, the last thing that you have the capacity to do is jump through hoops to get help. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, we're, we're very we're very fortunate and lucky. We have the ability at UKG to provide those for our employees. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of small organizations that don't have that ability. Mm-hmm. And so the question becomes, what can we do in order to help employees have that one-stop shop or that one resource? Well, the first thing is utilizing your HRIS Mm-hmm. to make sure um, that there is information in there where they can just go and click on links or, or, hey, here's where you get the information or, hey, here's your insurance card. I mean, things like right. that. When you're when you're in a mental health crisis, the last thing you want to think about is what your insurance number is or even what insurance that you have. I mean, you know, you don't know your group number by chance. You don't know your group number off the top of your head. Right. So, so having those electronic systems in place and having that information at their fingertips will make more of a difference than anybody probably realizes. I think that, um, you know, when we talk about managers and we talk about um, how can we prepare managers or inform managers and that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. You ask, what are we doing to, right. do, to help them? And I, I think what I see at a lot of organizations is they're not doing anything. Um, and yeah. I think that step one is recognizing that we need to take step one. Right. And step, and step one is awareness. Mm-hmm. Awareness that if you have employees who are acting or reacting in ways that they are not typical for that person, that should right. raise a red flag. Yep. It, it should raise the antenna and say, hmm, is everything okay? Now, mm-hmm. we talk a lot about managers having one-on-one conversations with employees. What a great time if a manager does recognize something for mm-hmm. a manager to have a one-on-one conversation with the employee to ensure that they're doing okay. And right. Or anything that we can do as an organization to help you, because employees expect that these days yeah. they don't they don't expect us to just you know as as organizations to just uh, dismiss any kind of mental health concern in the in the name of uh, productivity at work. Yeah, I have to give sh- a shout out to Teresa, our manager, who you know I reached out and and asked her some ideas because she she does counseling you know outside of of being our boss, which I'm sure is plenty for her at times. Um, but one of the things that she she brought up to me is you know yes, awareness is critical, um, but having that internal support group. Beyond that is just building better relationships. And I'm like, okay, yeah, Teresa, that's all great. But she goes, here's here's where companies often fail is that we preach, you know, mental health and build better relationships, but companies internally don't set aside time to do just that. Right. And I thought that was really important because it's okay. Like, hey, you know, Julie, you and I are in the same internal support group, but, you know, you and I both have crazy hectic schedules. Are we really getting value out of that support group or is it better if 
Teresa or whoever sets aside a time for 30 minutes a week and you sit down and you have a discussion to build those better relationships. And that's that to me is where the impact is, right? We go back to that power of of shared experience where you and I, oh yeah, like I can be a good listener and and listen to your experience and say, you know what, Julie, I support you. I've been there. Hey, Chaz, how are you struggling? Yeah, here's how I've struggled. Great. You know, what can we do? Hey, you know what? You're really down. Why don't you try and call the hotline? Or, you know, here's the place that you go for your information to to get help beyond just that support group. I also think based on the recognition of symptoms that we were just talking about, is there's an emotional intelligence piece too, right? Where um, I, I will tell you I'm guilty and of being a quote unquote fixer. You know, that is that is how I am wired. And when it comes to mental health conversations that I've worked with my therapist on is I don't always have to fix things around me. I just need to be present and listen to understand and make sure that people feel heard. And that could be even a greater asset to the individual than me saying, well, have you tried this or can you do this or what action are you going to take? Right. And that's where emotional intelligence really does play a, a big factor. Well, it's where listening plays a big factor too. Um, and, and having the ability to listen, you know, when we talk about communication at work, listening is a learned behavior. Listening is not something I, we can, we all, you know, many of us, uh, those who are able, uh, have yeah. the ability to listen. Right. Um, but do we, do we really listen or are we thinking of what we're going to say next? Or are we thinking of, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it is that we have to do later, you know, listening from a mental health perspective, you have no idea what just listening might do for someone in terms of making their day or gosh, should I go so far as to say saving their life? Right. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've read things online where somebody, you know, would reach out to someone else. Um, you know, it, it randomly, and that person was contemplating hurting themselves or contemplating, you know, running whatever away, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so listening is important. Um, from a managerial perspective, managers also need to be vulnerable too, and let employees know when they need to take a mental health break. A lot of times. Yes, um, that's yeah, good. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Because if employees see managers doing it, um, mm -hmm. they're going to be more prone to, they're going to be more prone to feel okay. Um, talk, you know, taking that, that time off or taking a break, um, and, you know, focusing on the, on themselves. So it's, it's hard to be vulnerable, right? It's hard to be vulnerable if there's no trust bill or if there's not things in place. I think the big piece of this too, is people are often afraid of retaliation. And, and what I will tell you in, in my struggles in the past have been, you know, I'm, I'm not supposed to have them because society has told me I'm supposed to be this, you know, manly man and whatever that means. And I'm supposed to be able to just move through it. And it's like, that's not realistic because I still feel it. And I still, you know, deal with it just because I'm a man, right? Like that, they, they, I don't know why that happens, but it does. And, and when, when I think about, you know, kind of the story that you shared and managers being vulnerable and having that discussion, I think about attrition within organizations, right? If, if my manager is more vulnerable to me and, and developing uh, trust through transparency, I can assure you my, my attrition rate is going to go down as an mm -hmm. organization, 
And one of the stats from the Workforce Institute, which is really, it's a really good stat that talks about, um, you know, 81% of employees worldwide would prioritize good mental health over a high paying job. Follow up to that 64% admit they would take a pay cut for a job that better supports their mental wellness. So it, it's like, to some degree, it's a negotiating tool for employees or people who are looking for a different job. Yeah, I wonder in in interviews if uh, candidates are now asking the question about mental health support. Well, you know, how can what does your organization do in order to support? Yeah. Well, this is an this is an innovative thing that companies can think about incorporating into their onboarding, right? Their recruiting um, strategy too. Yeah. yeah, their recruiting strategy, their onboarding, all of those things. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I think that um, I, I think we're at a point. You're probably going to ask me what my purpose is. You knew it. You knew it was coming. You know, I know. And, and here's what I want to say. I want to say that I found my purpose in recognizing that we still do have strides to make and a long way to go yep. when it comes to a stigma being completely erased uh, in terms of mental health in mm. the workplace. And yeah. I think as we move forward we're going to see more and more conversation just as we've seen conversation over the past several years about being open at work and how that, that is an okay thing. Yeah. I I would say I find my purpose in, you know, the value of shared experience. And I know that, that, you know, our relationship and our friendship, we've seen each other at our best. And I don't, I don't want to say our worst, but we've talked through quite a bit of it. <laughs> yeah, not our worst, worst, but, you know, um, and I think that that just in creating, talking about what we talked about earlier with building better relationships and, and shared experience really does help you see that there's people like you. Um, and, you know, if you don't have that individual within your workplace, for those that that are listening, know that you have a safe space to come talk to Julie and I reach out to us, you know, ping us, shoot us a message on LinkedIn, um, know that that we're here uh, and hopefully can provide you some resources that that can move it in the right direction. But for organizations, it's not going anywhere. Right. It's not going anywhere. And I love that you mentioned, you know, it, it, it could be a way to involve it into a recruiting strategy and onboarding, because I do think um, the more we talk about it, the less and less for those that believe it's a stigma, it goes away. Yeah, I definitely do. So a few reminders before we go. Hey, um, like and subscribe. Hey, please give us a review. That would be awesome. Um, please use the hashtag people per spot on social media sites like Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, and also be sure to check out the latest blogs and research from the Workforce Institute at UKG by visiting workforceinstitute.org. That is where this study is housed. I strongly recommend you go check it out. It's got some amazing information in it. Um, you know, Brian did a great job putting it all together. So with that, Jules, we are done. Thanks for listening, y'all. Cheers. Bye. Thank you.